You're listening to Spotlight on Locum Tenens on ReachMD in partnership with LocumStory.com. After graduating from med school, young doctors across the country are tasked with figuring out where and how they want to start their career. But it's not totally uncommon for some doctors to completely change the course of their career after a few years. Take Dr. John Teason, for example. After six years in the military, he worked in a hospital. That is until he wanted more flexibility and autonomy for both his career and his young family. Now, as a locum tenens for Comp Health and the leader of his own consulting group, Dr. Teason has found a way to forge his own career path, which is what we'll be diving into today. Welcome to Spotlight on Locum Tenens on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Cardle, and joining me to talk about all of this is Dr. John Teason himself. Thanks so much for being with us today, Dr. Teason. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So since you started your medical career in the Air Force, can you tell us what some of the differences between practicing medicine in the military versus civilian life are? I found that there's quite a few big differences between practicing in the military and practicing as a civilian. The reason for these differences is that the military really has a different mission from the civilian world. The military medicine is there to support the troops, to prepare for war, if you will. As a physician, that can lead to some consternation if it's not understood that it's a different set of values and principles that are necessary. And this can be a good thing because as a physician, it can provide some unique opportunities. You can have travel all over the world, sometimes to areas that are experiencing war, but also to areas of the world that are wonderful places to be for several years or for a shorter period of time. And there's leadership opportunities. Being in the military as a physician, you will get promoted into leadership positions and you'll get a lot of leadership training. There's also unusual medical experiences that you can have or medical training into some fields that are hard to train in elsewhere, such as aerospace medicine or bariatric medicine. You can do infectious diseases, very practical, combat trauma, for example. These can all be great experiences, but on a day-to-day basis, if you're a physician for the military working, for example, in the United States in a clinic or a hospital, it can be kind of frustrating because as a physician, we're trained to focus primarily on direct patient care. And in the military, physician will experience a huge amount of bureaucracy. It's really a big government-run entity. You have, generally speaking, untrained administrators who have been promoted from nursing staff or physician staff. The electronic records have been hit or miss through the years, and while I was there, they were very challenging. And since then, most electronic records I've used have seemed really great. <laughs> They kind of have a different value that they place on physicians. Physicians are more soldiers and almost a tool that the military can use. And as such, the military is not very efficient for gearing physicians towards seeing patients quickly and having the resources that they always need. So really, I think someone in the military or a military physician uh, does best to understand that they're supporting the military mission, which is not always the exact same as a civilian mission of caring for patients directly. And financially speaking, was there a big difference working for the military versus working as a civilian? physician? For me, that was challenging because the military actually paid reasonably well. A big portion of that pay was essentially going toward paying for my schooling. And so there were times that I found myself in a bit of a cash crunch because we had at that time a young child and a new mortgage. And it was a time in life where we needed a little more money. That's where locum tenens, how I got started with locum tenens and kind of discovered some of the benefits. What I found was that I could go on a weekend. If I had a long weekend, three or four days, I could go and work somewhere and have a great experience in a small hospital. 
for example, and then returned to the military for the week. And this really helped supplement our income and kind of helped us get through, but also it paved the way for so many experiences after I left the military. Can you expand on some of those experiences for us? You know, after I left the military, I joined a fairly big group of hospitalists in my hometown and found that I was honing my skills in some areas of medicine, but also starting to lose some areas of my skills. Because when you're in a big hospital with a big group, you find that the subspecialists who are around you are a great resource, but they will also, in general, start doing a lot of the procedures that you might have been used to doing from residency. And as a hospitalist, I found that I wasn't doing ventilator management, I wasn't doing central lines, lumbar punctures, parasites thesis, thoracentesis, all the procedures that I valued. And I learned that by continuing to have locums, this was providing me with the opportunity to continue to keep those skills that I was about to lose. But by going to other hospitals, then to a big hospital with lots of subspecialists, I was able to keep these skills. You know, that's a great point. And as I understand it, your current working situation is pretty unique. You still work as a locum tenens in addition to some traveling consulting work. Is that correct? Yes. My primary job is also a job where I travel to small rural hospitals. And is this part of your consulting work that you do? There's about three hospitals that I'm credentialed at. They're all considered rural hospitals. I'll travel there for anywhere from five days to 10 days at a time, and I'll live in the hospital and be the primary hospitalist taking patients day and night, which works out fine in these smaller hospitals because there's not a lot of admissions at night. So I'll go out for a period of time and really consolidate my work effort, and then I'll have anywhere from a few days to several weeks or more at home with my family kind of on vacation at my own house or or going somewhere if we choose to. And since your work situation is so unique, what are some benefits of approaching your job this way? This niche that I found with working and traveling and doing locum tenens had some wonderful benefits for me personally and professionally. For one thing, it's led to a lifestyle that I found to be perfect for our family. I have three little boys. We have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and two-year-old, and they are really, really fun. In this stage of life, I just don't want to miss by being gone at work all the time. My wife and I love to take them on vacation or just be at home, and I like to be part of their learning and play sports with them, take them to sports. What I found with this lifestyle is that I'm able to make the schedule. I can be gone for three days or a week or two weeks, but I choose when in advance in agreement with the hospitals. And then I can come home and have that time as real concentrated family time. We can do things that otherwise would be impossible. And for example, last month, I was able to take off almost an entire month and take the family to Costa Rica where we enrolled the family in a Spanish immersion program. So it was like a vacation, but we were also learning Spanish in the school, and it was really, really great. And that's not something that people can do, really. But by consolidating my work schedule into chunks, it's allowed us some amazing flexibility. It's led to a great life-work balance, and that's something that's very difficult, as you know, for physicians to achieve. Also, this traveling and doing locum tenens work has led to some other benefits that I wasn't really expecting initially, but working in several different hospitals has given me a variety that I've really enjoyed because the patient populations can be so much different. For example, one of the places I work is an upscale vacation town in Colorado that you would know as Vail. <laughs> Working in Vail has been quite an experience because the population there tends to be people like the Prince of Saudi Arabia and some very, very wealthy clients. And then I also work in small eastern Colorado rural towns where I take care of patients who make their living from farming. And a wide variety of experience has been a great benefit of traveling and working locum tenens. For those of you who are just tuning in, this is Spotlight on Locum Tenens on ReachMD. 
I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Cottle, and I'm speaking with Dr. John Teason about non-traditional career paths for physicians. So continuing right along in our discussion, Dr. Teason, you know, what advice would you give to young medical students or recent graduates who don't really know what they're looking for in a career? That's a great question, one I'm happy to talk about because I did came out of medical school and then some of my plans were made for me because I joined the military, but it's really important for graduates to be careful what they're doing when they're joining a group. They need to be careful with the documents that they sign. When you're joining a group, it's very exciting. You're interviewing. The hospitals are wanting you to come. It's nice to feel anticipated and to feel wanted. And there's a tendency for people to think that, oh, this contract is just a formality. The contract is not really a formality, but it's critical. And people like to think that I'm joining this group and I'll be working here for 20 years and 30 years and then I'll retire and nothing will ever go wrong. <laughs> and that's typically not the case. More often, you might work somewhere for a year or two years or five years, but that contract will more often than not come into play at some point. I look at it almost like end-of-life preparation. At some point, it's going to happen, so you'd be foolish to think that it'll never happen to me. In the same way, that contract that you're signing will probably come into play, and so you need to be careful about what you sign. And even though a hospital is a big organization, you can negotiate these contracts. Several pieces of advice along those lines, I would recommend graduates and anyone get an attorney to review the documents before signing them. There's easy ways to get that done, either just paying an attorney out of pocket a one-time fee, or there's monthly programs you can pay for an attorney very inexpensively. But definitely I'd recommend having the attorney review the documents. And several pieces of the documents that were not taught about in med school but are important are the terms of separation. A lot of hospitals will want you to sign saying that once you resign or the hospital lets you go, your group lets you go, you'll continue to work for them for up to six months. And I can tell you from personal experience and from experience of a lot of other people I know, when that happens, even if you're parting ways very amicably and trying not to burn bridges, working for a place for six months after they've either let you go or you've said, thank you, but I'm moving on, that six months is really awkward and is a long time. And everybody's just kind of wanting to go to the next step. So I advise new graduates to consider pushing the hospital a little or being careful not to sign a document. I would say three months or less is more reasonable because the hospitals need time to find a new doctor to replace you, but six months is a really long time. So consider negotiating for a shorter clause. The other clause to watch out for in the contracts for new graduates is non-compete clauses. People don't understand, I think, sometimes that what this can mean is that a physician can literally resign from a group or be fired from a group and not be able to practice in the same town anymore. And that can mean moving your whole family or practicing somewhere else. And some of these clauses may be unavoidable, but again, I'd have an attorney involved. That brings me to my next point, which is as physicians and as young graduates, I think we feel awkward about negotiating your terms, but this is where some of the easiest money in the world is to be made is by negotiating and simply asking for things like, is there a signing bonus or is this the best you can do for my salary or can you pay travel expenses? These kind of things. I felt very awkward asking for any more money, but in the 30 seconds it took where I felt awkward asking about it, the hospital agreed to $20,000 of a sign-on bonus. And I mean, that was the best 30 seconds of awkwardness I ever spent. <laughs> and then finally, I would advise young graduates or any graduates or anyone really to consider trying locum tenens and this goes back to the contract, but when you sign this contract and you join a group, they hardly know you, and the truth is you hardly know them. 
it's like a first date. You don't know the background. You don't know the hospital dynamics. And if you can do locums, for example, you get to try the hospital, try the group before you buy all the way into it. And so you're not on a contract. And you can go for three months or six months with a locums company. You can do shifts. You can start to understand the inner workings of a hospital that otherwise you wouldn't know and you might find surprising. So I'd strongly advise people consider doing locums, consider trying out a place before you jump all the way in with both feet. I think it's a brilliant way to go. And looking back on your own career, is there anything that you would have changed or done differently? I found a niche that I'm very happy practicing this way. I love the work experience I'm having, and I found the place that I needed to be. And to get here, it took joining the military for a while, and then it took joining a big group. And there's part of me that would be tempted to say, if I could do it all over again, I would just straight out of medical school. I would not join the military, and I'd go right to doing what I'm doing now. But then I think that the experiences that I've had along the way, you know, in the military, even at times when it was difficult, or in the big group, these have really helped me to become the physician and the person that I am. And so in the end, I don't think I would change anything, but I definitely say that I'm happy to have found the place that I'm at. So now that you're a few years removed from your own graduation from med school, what do you think is the most rewarding part of practicing medicine now? It certainly has. There's several things that I'm really enjoying about medicine now and, and enjoying about this place in medicine that I'm at. You do have a wide breadth of knowledge from medical school and from residency that will serve you well and you are prepared to go out and take care of patients. But as a few years get under your belt and under my belt, I found that I am able to be more confident about having seen an illness enough times you start to have a confidence about it and about how it usually will play out. It's nice to walk into a patient's room and know this is the diagnosis, this is what the patient can expect over the next few days for their prognosis, this is what the treatment is and what it's going to do. And have experienced the illnesses in detail so many times, it leads to a certain amount of confidence, which is nice. And I've forgotten a lot of things since medical school about organic chemistry and the such, but I've gained confidence about day-to-day -day practical care of the illnesses. You know, I've touched base on this a few times during this conversation, but one of the best things right now is the lifestyle and the life-work balance that I'm living. And I think that's a really unusual thing for physicians to find. Full-time for most doctors is probably at least 70 hours, I would say, 70 hours a week. Plus, probably five to 10 hours of administrative time. I know very few doctors who are working less than that. And usually they're either in a subspecialty or they're working part-time. You can find a way to work less like I've done. This is one of the most rewarding things is to be working 55 or 60 hours a week on average and putting the time together so that I have good family time. That's been a very rewarding thing about this stage in my career. You know, this has really been such great advice, Dr. Teason, and it's especially important since we don't typically learn these types of things in medical school. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have today. So I'd really like to thank you, Dr. Teason, for joining me to talk about your experience as a locum tenens physician. Thanks so much for being with us today, Dr. Teason. Absolutely. I really do appreciate the opportunity. So thank you. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Caudill. And to access this and other episodes in our series, please visit reachmd.com slash spotlight on locum tenens so you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Spotlight on Locum Tenens. To download this program or others from the series, please visit reachmd.com slash locumtenens. This series is produced in partnership with locumstory.com. Thank you for listening. A lot of physicians have questions about locum tenens, and locumstory.com is the place for them to get real, unbiased answers to those questions. 
basic questions like, what is locum tenens? to more complex questions about pay ranges, taxes, various specialties, and how locum tenens works for PAs and NPs. And then there's the big question, is it right for you? Go to locumstory.com and get the answers.